Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, laughing my way into the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth, sitting here with Tom Dorian, always good for yes, a chuckle, and, uh, and certainly uh, Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Oh, yes, I'm here, too. That's right. That's a great middle name you got there. I don't know where you got it, but I love it, and we're going to awesome. use that a lot. And so here we are, uh, another episode of the Catholic Cafe. Sorry, we're kind of laughing, but you know, you never know that's where, as the opening is rolling up, for whatever reason, just chuckles start tickled happening. tickled by something. You know what? We're filled with joy. There you and go. And that's good. Amen. Now, but today we're going to be filled with another word, and uh, it's an important thing, and I think it's something that we need to talk about. And uh, other than just to say, uh, like, let's we'll just dive into this word. All right. All right. So here's here's the drill to me. We say a lot of things in the in, in our lifetime, uh, in our lives experiences, where we just say them and we don't really stop and think about them. Mm-hmm. But we don't stop and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm thinking about this word and its origins and how it's originally used, and I'm going to use it in this way." We just don't do that. No. And one of the things I think I, I'm a one of the things I do at the high school that I'm at, St. Benedict at Auburndale in Cordova, Tennessee, for those out. of you who are looking for a great high school, uh, ca- good Catholic high school, come on uh, and visit us. Our daughters are there. That's right. Exactly right. And uh, just little beacons of light mm-hmm. uh, uh, getting their uh, great Catholic education there at St. Benedict, SBA. So anyway, I'm teaching these kids, and one of the things that kids do is like, they just they just kind of listen a lot. You know, they just kind of stare at you and listen, and you know they're thinking about video games or something else. That's just kind of the nature of kids. And one of the things I've been trying to do since I've been there is like when you do the sign of the cross, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and I pause and I and I hear this. <laughs> All right, and, and nothing. And I'm thinking, I guess they didn't hear me. Let me say it again. In the name of the Father and the a little louder, you know. Nothing. So I'm I'm training them, teaching them wow. to say Amen. Oh, and think about it for a second. How we usually say the word amen, and we yes. don't really stop and think about it. It's true. We just name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You know, we just kind of, and then maybe sometimes when somebody says something, we agree with it. amen to that, mm-hmm. but we don't stop and think about what that word means. So we, we need to do a little bit of a sort of a word study. Good idea. Mm-hmm. About that word, amen. And so, first of all, it's a Hebrew word. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about it is it's used several times in our scriptures. And it's it's even in the in the Greek version of the scriptures, it's used. It's Amen. It shows up there. It's the word Amen because it's go. it's the Hebrew word, mm-hmm. and so it's important for us to know that they kept that word um, because of its meaning. And so, you know, Tom, as a parent, mm-hmm. we hate it when our kids just go like whatever. Exactly. It's not. It does. It's not happy time. Bad response. And not that is not an acceptable response, right? And so we'll stop everything. Like everybody, shut down everything they're doing. Turn off all the electronic devices. You know, whatever. We're going to have a talk. Mm-hmm. You don't just say whatever. No. When I say something, Very you need to. That's right. You need to respond in a way that says that you get it. Amen. That you're exactly that you get that. Well, see, that's what that Hebrew word means. Right. I mean, it literally, when it's translated, it, it, it ultimately means. So be it. Mm-hmm. It is as you say it is. Or I believe. Right? So when you say amen, then you're saying I believe. Mm-hmm. What I love is the comparison. It really is kind of like this. When when uh, in the Ten Commandments, that great Cecil B. DeMille mm-hmm. epic, 
Yeah. You know, we got Charlton Heston as Moses. We got Yul Brenner as Remesis the second. Mm-hmm. And as Ramses is, you know, Pharaoh is sitting there, you know, when he'd bark out these he commands. Left out, he left out Edward G. Robinson. Well, he's good too, but he didn't say this, so that's right. another discussion. Okay. You look kind of like Edward G. Robinson. You've <laughs> got better. You're, like, you're like Edward G. Robinson with better hair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We digress. <laughs> exactly. My bad. We yeah, could go thanks. on and on about Tom's hair. I know yeah, we could. I know we could. But look, when, when, whenever Ramses says something of great import, afterwards he says, so let it be written, so let it be done. You know, it's kind of like, it's like wow, the end. Good. It is the end all. It's like, okay, that's it. It's done. There's no more discussion. It is. Mm-hmm. Right? It is as I say it is. And so when you, he might as well said amen. Now, he wasn't Jewish, so he wouldn't have spoken Hebrew, I, I think, to Moses. But he might as well have just said Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're supposed to say when we say amen. Right? When we're saying amen, we're, we're, we're saying, so, so let, let it be, be written. written, so let it be done. We're saying, it is as you say it is. I, I believe. And that's different than whatever, right? It's, it's anything but whatever. It's no longer a casual. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's like, I am totally invested, and I'm willing to be transformed by what you just said or what we're about to do. So when it's the sign of the cross, when we're praying in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we've just invoked the Trinity. Amen. Right? And so now it's in, it's in, that's why that amen is like, oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, me and those other three, we're, we're all there together, and, and we're all in. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing. And so certainly the use of amen is something that's, that's about something that's going to be profound, that's life-changing. It's not just casual. And so one of the cool things about it is if we look at our, our scriptures, we look, let's, let's look at the New Testament. And one of the cool things that I didn't ever realize until I started looking at this word a little bit more is that in the Gospels in the New Testament, the four Gospels, it's only Jesus that ever says the word amen. Really? That's it. Interesting. Now, there's one exception. There's a shorter form of Mark's, the closing of Mark's Gospel, which is one of the two different forms that you might see that there are some manuscripts that have this longer form of the closing mm-hmm. and some have a shorter in the shorter it just has the word amen okay at the end of it but that's in one of the gospels and it's the only other time in any of the gospels that the word amen is used now it's used several times in the new testament you know saint paul mm-hmm. uh, book of revelation right there are several times but Jesus is the only one that speaks amen. Interesting. So think about that. So he and he he doesn't usually say it at the end of anything. Mm-hmm. So when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you know, yada yada yada, amen. We say an amen to that prayer, mm-hmm. but that's not what Jesus is doing. In the vast majority of cases, so it's kind of broken down here. So in the synoptic gospels, Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, 13 times we see the word amen spoken by Jesus in Mark. 31 in Matthew, hmm. right? And 6 in Luke. But when you get to John, it's 25 times, right? So, we see in all four gospels it's Jesus Which that most says it's got to be in 6. Yeah, well there's a lot of them yeah. there. But you'd be surprised where else they are. But look, let's look at Mark. So, there's a bunch of them here. There's there's 13 of them, but uh, just a few I'll I'll mm-hmm. pick out Mark chapter 10 verse 15 Amen I say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it so when he says something profound something big something we need to be aware of 
He says it with amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, I say to you. Mm-hmm. That's the phrase always he uses. There's several other ones, but even sometimes as a sort of word of warning, like more of an ominous amen. In, in Mark chapter 14, verse 18, he says, And as they were at table eating, Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Right? Profound words, life-changing words, uh, soul-altering words that, that, that he's, when he says it, it's important. Right? Matthew chapter, let's go to jump to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by men. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. Uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. He said to them, because of your little faith, for amen, I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. That's pretty powerful Mm -hmm. stuff, right? Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, like we heard in Mark. Right? Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. And the king will answer them, Amen, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Um, And then, of course, the words of warning again. Matthew chapter 26, verse 34. Jesus said to him, Amen, I say to you this very night, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Again, the ominous. And we jump to Luke. Here's just one example. Luke chapter 23, verse 43. And he said to him, Amen, I say to you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Obviously, that's the good thief on the cross. And so it's Jesus that says, Amen, I say to you. And always he's saying it at the beginning of this pronouncement. And essentially he's saying, so let it be written, so let it be done. Right. Right. So when Jesus says that, that Hebrew word, it's supposed to be transformative. It's supposed to be something that is going to like wake you up. It's kind of like when we ring the bells at Mass. Right? Hey, something's happening here. Pay attention because Jesus is about to be made present in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you hear those bells ringing, you know something's important is happening. So when you see, hear Jesus say, Amen, I say to you, you need to perk up. Mm -hmm. Because there's literally 50 some odd examples of his saying amen. Now, what's really cool is when you go to John. Now, John, it happens 25 times in the Gospel of John. But what's the key about John is every time Jesus says it, he doubles down. It's a double amen. It's amen, amen. Now, hmm. in all of these, many like I'm, I'm reading these from the RSV, the uh, Revised Standard Version translation, which I love. But just so we're clear, the Revised, Ver- Revised Standard Version translates that amen as truly, truly, mm-hmm. or verily, verily. Right? We okay. see it that way. Now, I'm reading amen, amen, because that's what he actually said. And that's what the, what the Greek actually says is amen mm-hmm. there. And so it doesn't say the word for truly or truthfully or whatever. It says amen. And it's trying to translate in a way that we understand it. But the reality is, he said amen, and I'm trying to, I guess, reverse engineer and have us, have us understand what amen originally meant. Right. But see, now in John, these in- incredibly important teachings that come from Jesus Christ are, are doubled down. They're even doubly important. Mm-hmm. And here's the key. When you hear amen, you should listen. But when a Jew says amen, amen, you better perk up. You better stop everything you're doing. Put your electronic device down, right? Put the pencil down, just and now undivided attention, because what is about to be said is going to change your life. 
right? That's big. And that is, it's huge. And so what I want to do is go through some of these life-changing things that Jesus says, right? Good idea. So if you want to hear something that is going to change your life, you got to come tuned. back. We're going to have to stay tuned. We have to like, hold right here. There it is. We There's got, a cliffhanger. That's right. A cliffhanger. We, if you want to have your life changed, it's going to be on the other side of this break, right? If, if you don't, don't come back. No, no, don't tell them that because they won't. No, no, it's going to be good. Their life might also change from the discussion of church history by Bess. That's exactly right. To listen to Bess, and she's going to tell you about some cool. We're going to talk about the priests. He's getting points, isn't he? He's, get, he's getting lots of good points. <laughs> he's smart. My, at least smart. for my wife, right? Yeah. So, yeah, my wife, Bess, is coming up in the uh, great moment in church history. So, awesome. uh, we're going to hear that now. Before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. You will come back. Amen, amen, I say to you. Come back. Come back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. The teaching on the role, purpose, and value of the office of priest has been constant in the church for its nearly 2,000-year existence. The priest, even more than being simply defined by his sacramental functionality, acts in the person of Christ and calls each of us to offer ourselves fully in union with the one sacrifice of Christ. While many may think that the priesthood is a modern invention of the Catholic Church, it most assuredly is not. The writings of the early Church Fathers, those first Christians who were instrumental in protecting, nurturing, and spreading the one true faith, bear this out. St. Ignatius of Antioch, an early bishop and martyr, wrote around 110 AD about the distinct threefold ministry of the church. He said, Let everyone respect the deacons as they would respect Jesus Christ, and just as they respect the bishop as a type of father, and the presbyters, or priest, as the council of God and college of apostles. Without these, it cannot be called a church. St. Cyprian of Carthage in 250 AD had this to say about the priesthood. For if Jesus Christ our Lord and God is himself the chief priest of God the Father and has first offered himself as a sacrifice to the Father and has commanded this to be done in commemoration of himself, certainly the priest truly discharges the office of Christ who imitates that which Christ did. In his great work on the priesthood, written in the 4th century, St. John Chrysostom wrote, What priests do here below, God ratifies above, and the Master confirms the sentence of his servants. Then, just a few years later, St. Ambrose, when teaching on the authority of priests to hear confessions, tells us, It seemed likewise impossible for sins to be forgiven through penance, Yet Christ granted even this to his apostles, and by his apostles it has been transmitted to the office of priests. Finally, St. Augustine, when explaining why he clung to the Catholic faith, said, The succession of priests, from the very see of the apostle Peter, to whom our Lord, after his resurrection, gave the charge of feeding his sheep, up to the present episcopate, keeps me here. These are but a few of the many, many quotes from the early fathers which reveal that the ministry of the priesthood was, is, and always will be an awesome gift of Christ to His Church. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Tom Dorian and with Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking about... We are talking I was about, baptized under that name. No, there's no St. Ziggy, is there? Well, there probably is. I can't say there that there's not. Be. There will be. There will be. There will be. We're praying for you, Sam. We're praying for you. So, uh, look, Sam. So, uh, so we're talking about the word amen. We're amen. talking about how, how we're supposed to use it based on what Jesus, how he used it. Amen, amen. And it really should rock our world and change. And um, I, I want to go through a couple of the times where where Jesus uses the amen, the double amen. Amen, amen, I say to you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes translated, truly, truly, I say to you, or verily, verily, I say unto you. You know, it's like, hey, big, big time coming. Big time uh, commandment. Something's getting ready to happen, a directive that will change your life. Right. So let it be written, so let it be done. And that's that's what's getting ready to happen. So if we look at some of the things that Jesus said, some pretty powerful pronouncements. Uh, in John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus says this. He says, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In chapter 5, verse 24, Amen, amen, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. And we jump to uh, chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That's the Yahweh, right? right. That's the big, that's a, that's a big, that's where he says I'm God, essentially. Right, right. Uh, in chapter 12, verse 24, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And Chapter 13, verse 20, Amen, amen, I say to you, he who receives anyone whom I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. And of course, chapter uh, 16, verse 23, Amen, amen, I say to you, if you ask anything the Father, he will give it to you in my name. So, amen, amen, you can, you can believe what he says, because he's saying, believe, believe, truly, truly, this is, this is not a lie. Right, and even those ominous sort of warnings and things we need to pay attention to, like in chapter thirteen, when Jesus had thus spoken, he was troubled in spirit and testified, "Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me." Mm-hmm. You know, this is an, an ominous kind of a doomsday kind of a thing, but it's serious and it should be transformational. Chapter thirteen, verse thirty-eight: "Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will crow, not uh, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times." And of course, in chapter twenty-one, eighteen, you know what to Simon Peter after the resurrection. Amen, amen. I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. And this is like a sort of a a prophecy, essentially telling Peter how he's going to die. Right. He was crucified upside down. Uh, tradition tells us, but his hands were outstretched, and he was dressed. You know the way someone else wanted and carried where he did not want to go. Right, right. So it's pretty powerful stuff. But I kind of want to focus where in John chapter six we see "Amen, Amen" said a lot. We do. Yeah, it's just it's not casual. It's it's in there seriously. So we need to pay attention. And of course, we know as Catholics, John chapter six is uh, where we find the bread of life discourse, and specifically in that portion of what we're. Uh, what we're reading and what Jesus is proclaiming are some of the most profound truths that we find as, as Catholics, mm-hmm. right? Where Jesus says in chapter 6, verse 26, Amen, amen, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. 
right? Remember, the people are going like, hey, let's follow Jesus because right. he's like a free meal ticket. Yep. And he's right. Right? You're, you're following me because you saw me do what I did with the loaves. You want more food. Mm-hmm. Right? And then verse 32, Jesus said uh, to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Right? He's introducing himself as the true bread. Verse 47, Amen, amen, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Right? So this is where Jesus is saying these things. And then the most profound, I think, of all of these is verse 53, where Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up the last day. And it's like, so if anyone has any doubt, like as a Catholic, that Jesus was speaking literally about his body and blood being food, right, true food and true drink, we should have no doubts because Truly, truly, I say to you, verily, verily, I say to you, amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you, right? And what's so interesting to note about this is just a few verses later, people are going to leave. They're going to leave because they don't, they, it's like it's a hard teaching, they say, but he's going to let them leave. Why would he let them leave if he was just speaking symbolically about his body and blood? Why wouldn't he call them back and say, hey, don't walk away. I wasn't, I was just speaking symbolically. I just, I want you to drink in my teachings and consume my words. That's not what he says. He lets Mm -hmm. them go because he meant literally that we have to eat his body and blood. Now, they didn't fully understand there, and even maybe his apostles didn't fully understand there. Right. But it would all come to them ultimately as part of Jesus' mission as his resurrection would would attest to and we'd start to see that he was giving us his actual body and blood to save us sort of to reconcile us to the father to save us from sin but also to save us in grace every time we receive him in eucharist right so here's the thing we need to like rethink how we say amen so when we say the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit we need to say amen the way jesus intended us to say the amen what he meant by amen and i think the biggest one is when people are coming up for Holy Communion. And when you receive. That's right. So the minister says, say like the body it. of Christ. Say it like you mean it. And, amen. And we're supposed to say amen. Mm-hmm. And the reality mm-hmm. is, I think we've just become accustomed to saying whatever. Mm-hmm. The body of Christ, whatever. The blood of Christ, whatever. And as any good father thinks, that's not what I want to hear. Right. What I want to hear is that you are willing to be transformed by me. Mm-hmm. That you are hearing the words that I speak to you, and these are the words of spirit and life. This is the truth. Verily, verily, I say to you, this is my body. And not only is this my body, but everything that I have created and given you, in other words, the church, mm-hmm. everything that she teaches is something that you're saying amen to. See, so this is where we have to be careful as Catholics. When we say amen, right, when we say amen to the, the host, you're We're not saying, just saying, saying it to all of it. That's right. It's not just that that's the body of Christ. It's that I'm going to become a member of the mystical body of Christ in total communion, in full communion with Holy Mother Church. That means a lot of things. That means that 
that I believe, amen, I believe that this truly is Jesus, certainly body, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Amen, I believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Amen, I believe that every human person has innate dignity. Every human person is created in the image and likeness of God. Amen, I believe in a celibate male priesthood. Amen, I believe in confession of sins to a priest. Amen, I believe we were created male and female and marriage is between one man and one woman forever. Amen, contraception is always wrong. Amen, abortion is always evil. And all of these things, amen, I believe all that the Catholic Church teaches. So that's that's pretty ominous. Well, I connect to this on a personal level, what you're saying here, because when I was, uh, when I was young and I was really trying to sort out my faith, one thing that always stuck with me was the memory of receiving Christ in the Eucharist. There was no doubt in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit that that was Jesus. I didn't necessarily have the explanation for it, but I knew I had received Jesus. Well, it's an article of faith for you, right? Yes. And so later in my life, when I wasn't really sure what I believed, so to speak, uh, regarding the teachings, I had to think, well, wait a second. I don't think I can... I believe that that was Jesus, and I don't think I can go grab one of those wafers and just turn it into the body of Christ on right. my own. Therefore, I have to be saying there's something to the priesthood and to the church. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, that heart knowledge of the Eucharist, that experience, was the mustard seed that allowed the rest of the faith and belief to flourish within my heart, mind, soul. Oh, so that's, that's a beautiful testimony, Sam, it because is. it's like essentially what it's saying is that it's all connected. Yes. Right? You're not just believing in. The Eucharist, or you're not just believing, and I mean like the, the that actual physical host. You, you're all. You, you, it's not that you're just like, well, I'm Catholic, but I don't believe the Mary stuff, or I'm Catholic, but I don't believe the abortion stuff, or I'm Catholic. It can't be that. It's all connected, right? And that's that's just what we need to do as as Catholics. Um, when we say Amen, we need to realize that we're part of that mystical body of Christ. And when Jesus says it. He means it. And when, again, when the Jew doubles down and says, amen, amen, we need to pay attention because that is exactly what's happening. And that's, that's how we know that something's happening because he says it. And if we truly believe that Jesus is God and that God loves us, then he, then he wants us to be transformed. He wants us to be changed. He wants us to listen and to follow him. I mean, all of this stuff is an invitation from him. Right? It's not a demand. It's an invitation. And we need to willingly follow him. And the only way we're going to do that is to throw ourselves in, all of ourselves, spiritually, physically, mentally, psychologically, everything. Give it to him in the great amen. 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 It is as you say it is. I believe. I will follow you wherever you lead me. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> so let's ask his mother to pray on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.